it begins with a mystery. Now, when we think of, when we're talking about matters of the faith, that might sound a little strange because how often have you heard someone say, it's a mystery to end a conversation? I don't know the answer to that question. Stop asking me. We're done. Maybe you've even said it yourself. But that's not how it happens in the New Testament, is it? In the New Testament, it begins with a mystery. Something, some truth, some reality that by its nature is beyond our human capacity to discover. Because our abilities of reason to observe, to work out, they go so far and they hit their limits. And it's something that's beyond those limits. Step one is that it's a mystery. But step two is that God wasn't content to leave it that way. He wanted us to know this thing that by its nature was beyond our capacity alone. And so he revealed it. He, as it were, took the veil off of it, put it in front of us. He manifested, he showed it to us. Thus, as St. Paul makes mentions, the mystery that was made known to me by revelation. This revealing of a mystery is an aspect of this entire celebration of Christmas in which we have been spending many days. That our Lord Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And this has been surrounded by the revelation of these profound truths. First of all, in Jesus himself. For Jesus himself is the word of God. Remember that we hear in the letter to the Hebrews that in many ways and many times and places, God had revealed himself to different people by words and actions, but supremely in his Son. Jesus himself is the Word of God. He is God become a human being. And in him was revealed to us the mystery that God is three persons, the Trinity, and also a far profound, more profound understanding of his love, of his power, of his goodness, of his holiness, and of his desire and ability to make us good and holy also in saving us. Jesus himself is the supreme revelation of God. But then around him, there's all of this revealing of messages going on. The angel Gabriel visiting Zechariah and the Virgin Mary, bringing them messages. St. Elizabeth being filled with the Holy Spirit when Mary visits her and revealing to her news. St. Joseph hearing from the angel in the dream. The shepherds seeing the angels while they're out watching their flocks and coming and spreading the message too. There's all of this passing of messages as people receive the news and pass it on. And so we come to today, in which this happens on a whole new level. Because all of the people that I just mentioned up till now were all parts of the people of Israel. And the people of Israel had had many centuries of revelation as God had interacted with them and revealed to them truths about himself and themselves and the way to live morally. He revealed many things to them. They had been living in light all this time but all the other nations of the world had been in darkness 
all of those mysteries had remained in darkness for them. But this had never been the ultimate plan. God's strategy was to begin with one man, Abraham, who would become one family and one nation, and he would work with that nation. But ultimately, the plan was, as it were, to explode out into the whole world from that nation. And on this day, we celebrate that he did just that. Using the interesting method of a star, a star that behaved in unusual ways, but was perfectly designed to catch the attention of the Magi, highly educated of a priestly class to the East, who saw that star and understood in it a message to which they responded. And so on this day began the spreading of the good news to all the other nations of the earth. And thus today, we may celebrate a sort of anniversary of the time that the gospel came to you. For if you are part of any of the nations outside of the ethnic people of Israel, then you may look at today as a celebration of the day the gospel reached your people for the first time, whichever your people was. And the day that the gospel reached your family for the first time, when you first received that light, first came to hear about the loving God, first came to know Jesus Christ, first had the chance to respond. Today, we celebrate that. Today is your feast day. But if step one is the mystery, and step two is the revelation, well then step three is the response. How will we respond to this revelation? And we see that in our gospel reading there are different responses that we can see. First and foremost, the positive response comes from the Magi. The Magi having begun to get this message, then exerted themselves to pursue it, to make that long journey into the unknown, to find and know it better. And having found, they received it, they welcomed it, overjoyed. Their response was the right response, the response of faith, of receiving and embracing this truth, this reality that God had revealed to them. But that's not the only response, is it? King Herod responded to this news with fear and soon enough with violence. Because when he heard the news that there was this newborn king of the Jews, he thought his throne was in jeopardy. Now this was the way he was. We know from history that he killed many people, including direct members of his own family, when he thought his throne was threatened. And he was ready to do the same thing, and he did. To him, this revelation was not welcome at all. It was a matter of fear because he did not understand. He just did not come to take his earthly throne, but to save him. But then, then there's some others in this story. Those would be the people in Jerusalem and the chief priests and the scribes that Herod consulted who provided him with the answer that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. Now, the gospel reading doesn't tell us what their response was. 
Maybe they or some of they responded positively. But isn't it interesting it doesn't say? It's as if the chief priests and the scribes provide the answer and they just keep on doing what they were doing. How could that be? Didn't they know that when these magi had come seeking the newborn king of the Jews, following the star, that this meant that this thing that they had known and waited for for so long was happening just miles away? Didn't they understand that? If they didn't, if they didn't respond, if they just kept doing what they were doing, why was that? Could it have been that they were distracted by daily life? Distracted by their fear of what Herod was probably going to do? Or just caught up in all of the busyness and worries of their everyday life? Could it be that they had never really understood the revelation that they had had their whole lives? That perhaps learning it as children and being part of the people of Israel, that they had, they had followed it on the surface, outwardly assented to it, but that it had never fully penetrated, they had never paid attention to it with their adult understanding, taken it in, understood it, believed it? Could it be that for some reason they were resistant, afraid, or resentful, or pushing back and didn't want to hear this news? All of these could be possibilities, whether in their time or in ours. And so as we think about the mystery, the revelation, and the response, well, then it comes to us. There was the time our people first heard the gospel. There was the time our family first heard the gospel. What about us? What is our response? Is our response today, as we again celebrate the event of Christmas and the revelation to the Magi, is it of longing and joy like the Magi? Is it a fear like Herod? Is it of distraction or foggy lack of understanding like some of the others of the time? And if so, then what do we need to do? Perhaps it's a matter of changing the heart, of facing up to the anger or the resentment or the fear, taking that to prayer and asking God to work on that in us. Or perhaps it's a chance to look anew with the power of our understanding now, to learn what maybe we never learned before, and to come to see in an entirely new way, to clear away that fog and let that light shine through our darkness so that we meet or rediscover Jesus for the first time. What will it take for us to receive and respond to that revelation ourselves today? But then there's the flip side. If we've compared ourselves to the Magi or Herod or the people of Jerusalem, well, what if we compare ourselves to the star? After all, there are people all around us who need to receive the light in their darkness that comes from Jesus. And our Lord wants to communicate that light to them in many ways, one of them through you, for you to be like that star the people that you encounter see that in you? Will they be members of your family? 
coworkers, fellow students at school, neighbors, people you encounter in the stores. In seeing you, in hearing the words you speak, in seeing joy and peace in you, in seeing your actions of love or mercy, do they see and hear these things in you so that this light comes to them and like the Magi, they say, wait, something is there. I can see the light shining. Where is this light coming from? I've been looking for it for so long. Our Lord Jesus Christ, God made man, was born for us. The mystery was revealed. The light shined upon our eyes. We receive that revelation and we pass it on to others so that light may penetrate their darkness and they too may be filled with joy.